Major support for Out to Lunch provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937, now with more than 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. Online at joneswalker.com. Additional support for Out to Lunch from Fidelity Homestead Savings Bank and Resource Management, Inc. From Commander's Palace Restaurant in the Garden District in New Orleans, we're Out to Lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and economist. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Once a week, I have lunch at Commander's Palace and invite guests from the world of New Orleans business to join me. We're all very excited that New Orleans is now a destination for young entrepreneurs. Innovative and creative business people are moving here from all over the country. But the fact is, we have a wealth of local talent. We've been growing entrepreneurs and successful businesses here for a lot longer than just post-Katrina. My guests today and Out to Lunch are both homegrown success stories. One is a household word, the other you may not have heard of, but you've almost certainly heard his work. I know you've heard of Mignon Faget. Mignon Faget is a brand as familiar to New Orleanians as Louis Vuitton and Christian Dior, synonymous with sophisticated fashion. And like Louis Vuitton and Christian Dior, Mignon Faget is also a person. I know that's true because Mignon is sitting across the table from me. I'm very excited and I feel like I'm in the company of royalty. On the other side of the fashion spectrum, Brent McCrossin looks more like he might be a drummer in a rock band, which is good because, in fact, he was. Unlikely that you've ever heard of Brent's live music back in the day, but if you watch TV or YouTube, you've almost certainly heard music that he's put there recently. Brent's New Orleans-based company, AudioSocket, is rewriting the way music gets to listeners and musicians get paid for it. Brent McCrossin, Mignon Faget, welcome to Out to Lunch, and uh, thanks for joining me. Thank you. Thank you for having us here. Oh, this is, this is going to be great. I'm going to start with Mignon. Um, Mignon, there have been other famous brand names in New Orleans, uh, Schwegmans, D.H. Holmes, Monteleone, but none of them have so closely tied the person to the product as Mignon Faget. The name Mignon Faget is synonymous with sophistication, elegance, taste, and a sensibility that is intrinsically New Orleans. When your name is a brand, you're living life as a business person that most of us will never experience. What's that like? Um, and do you think you created the brand, Mignon, or do you think the brand created you? Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> it's very exciting for people to know that I am a person because a lot of people will ask me from other uh, people from other cities, how did you think of that great name for your business? <laughs> I was like, no, I didn't think of it. It's it my is birth my name. Yeah, there's. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, a lot of people don't know that you started really as a clothing designer, right? I mean, uh, right. Okay, I went to Sophie Newcomb for college, and uh, since I hated to study, I majored in art <laughs> because I like to make things and do things, and I always have since I was a child. And uh, so I started um, making sculpture. That's what I majored in. Because I think the blank canvas, that white, scary, blank canvas, it just repelled me. So I like to form and make things that are three-dimensional. Then one day I just started uh, designing clothes. But I had designed all my clothes since I was a small child because my mother sewed. She made all my clothes, and I designed them. 
And I didn't realize it at the time, but she really trained me to be a designer because she let me design the clothes, pick the fabric, etc. So from the clothes, I started accessorizing them with the right stuff. And back then, jewelry was, you know, costume jewelry. And it was, well, the whole style then was sort of matching shoes and handbags and, you know, matchy-matchy. And uh, I identified more with the hippie movement. I liked this mixing of texture and fabrics and, you know, style that looked like gypsies. And I said I was making gypsy clothes for affluent hippies. Affluent hippies. Some of my favorite people would fall into that category. Brent, in a music industry that's being forced to transform and reinvent itself to survive, you're a new company with a new paradigm. Is Audio Socket the reinvention of the music industry that everybody's been looking for? I'm, I'm seeing press releases about your impressive successes, but I bet a lot of people who know you are, and are proud of you are not really clear about what you're doing day to day at the office. I mean, how does Audio Socket work? Yeah, I mean, those are good questions. I, I think the music industry is, is certainly reinventing itself. It, it has to, without question. And with digital media exploding as it is, and 80 hours of video being uploaded to the web every minute of the day. Every new, new hours, stuff. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, it's just an exp more content has been created uh, in the last two years than was created since the invention of TV. Right? Wow. And you know, YouTube and sites like Vimeo are seeing this, you know, just massive growth in content. And unfortunately, a lot of their users had synced music to those videos without permission. And it's uh, essentially made YouTube and, and Vimeo and other companies like that have to deal with copyright issues. So all we've really done is curated an exceptional group of artists uh, that play every style of music from death metal to classical and everything in between. We've streamlined the rights administration We've integrated it in our technology and have delivered that to large media companies like Vimeo, like the Associated Press, uh, and really just scaled the business. So what this enables is content creators, people who are making videos, to have quality soundtracks to help tell their story. And it enables artists to monetize their work. And it streamlines the administrative rights where it might take Universal or Sony six months to clear a song. We can clear it at the click of a button in a matter of seconds. And um, it certainly got our, our company a lot of attention. And the layer of technology we have, what we call our mass platform, it stands for music as a service. It's kind of akin to SaaS, you know, software as a service. Uh, we're able to integrate this in really large media companies. And we, the first deployment of mass was with Vimeo, which is a leading video sharing site. Um, that got us a lot of attention. Obviously, it drove a significant amount of revenue. And the Associated Press, which is one of the world's largest licensors of images and video, didn't have a music offering. And their customers were buying images and video from them and then turning around to Getty to get a piece of music. And of course, you know, the AP wanted to be a one-stop shop. So they took our mass platform and therefore our music. Uh, they deployed it across the world. You know, we've got three sales people and they've got north of 100. Uh, and it's just enabled us to really scale our business alongside of an incredibly historical and prestigious news organization. And um, we're making waves. That Let's is go. a great story. Mignon, tell us about, you were so nice to bring something uh, to the show here. The stop the shooting uh, pins that we, uh, Brent and I have in our lapel. What, what, tell us what that's about. This is brand new. I... It is brand new. Um, we're reading the paper the day that 
the... You remember the paper. Yes. The <laughs> yes. Um, reading the paper about the killings that occurred in conjunction with that birthday party, yeah, the little girl, terrible. she was killed and three other people were killed. And I mean, I was used to reading about crime and murders, but this one really made me furious and depressed. And so when I got my energy back, it was like, I've got to do something. You know, the best way to get, to deal with anger and depression is to make something or do something that you feel is significant or at least expresses your feelings. I've always expressed my feelings in that way. So I said, I'm going to make a gun. And um, so I brought it to the studio and we talked about it. And the studio people that work with me hand to hand understood. So we made it and I brought it to a staff meeting and I showed it and they, they were shocked and they said, why a gun? And I said, that's why, because it starts a conversation. Spike Lee is here, right. and he was at the launch for this NOLA Did you give him a button? Did you give him a lapel pin? Yeah, before it started, <laughs> he was standing with a bunch of people, and I walked up to him and introduced myself. Or, you know, he was busy, but I said, I have this for you. And he looked at it, and he said, oh, guns, guns. I don't like guns. I said, well, it's a protest against crime, and I want people to notice it, and that starts a conversation. And so he put it in his pocket, but when I came down, um, the presentation was extremely moving. There were amazing stories of people that had been hit by crime in their family and um, many stories. And then at the very end, there were a few businesses that were supporting the movement against violence and shooting. And uh, when I came off the stage, he gave me a big hug, and I was like, oh. Wow. Made me feel great. <laughs> <laughs> Spike Lee changed his mind, and he gave me a big hug. Changing people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad so that worked out. Changing people's attitude is a thing that art can do. You know, now's the time we do the checklist. This is the part of the show where we take a little break and ask you a couple of quick questions that you, you probably won't find on a loan application. Do you have a tattoo, Brent? I have a few of them, yes. Is there I any do. you'd like to share with us or uh, why yeah, you have them? My, my favorite is a, a very large, detailed piece of uh, Ganesh, who is a, a Hindu deity. He's the protector and a remover of obstacles. And, uh, it, and that's what you're doing uh, to the music industry. You know, it certainly. It, it, it took probably about 30 hours to get done. I didn't do it in one sitting, obviously. I'm too much of a wimp for that. And, and my father, who is uh, not at all in the music business, he's a, very much a student. He's a physician. He's a doctor. He does not like tattoos. He called me during Father's Day many years ago, and he sounded upset. And I said, Dad, uh, you sound like something's on your mind. What's wearing on you? He's like, well, don't tell your mother. But I got some tests the other day. and. It could be that I've got some kind of weird growth or cancer or something, but I don't know. We'll, fi we'll figure it out. So I used that as an excuse, perhaps, but I went and got the tattoo the very next day. I went and started on it as, you know, almost a, an offering of, you know, looking for protection uh, and removing of this obstacle for him. And, you know, of course, a week later, he goes, like, yeah, it was just a glitch on the MRI. I'm fine. <laughs> but so, a tattoo yeah. is forever. So when I came back home for Christmas, I showed him the new tattoo and... He's like, ah, oh, you're getting more tattoos. What's up with this? I'm like, actually, I got this one for you. 
So that is my favorite. Mignon, I, I don't, I'll ask you just, do you have a tattoo? <laughs> no, but I've always wanted it. Really? That, well, what would you get and where would you put it? Well, um. Because yours would be cool. You think? Oh, yeah. I mean, you wouldn't just, you know, <laughs> wouldn't just be a hard on your shoulders. It'd be a hard decision which one to make. I don't know, probably on my shoulder. Yep. Would be a good place. And the, uh, like a turtle or something like from your collection? <laughs> they, uh, <laughs> I'll let you know. Please, yeah, once that, comes that, to please get, yeah, we'll, we'll follow up on that. Right. <laughs> yeah. And now it's time to uh, check the inbox. Now our producer picks a question that has come in from a listener. Uh, Grant, what do you have this week? got a bunch of questions that came in on Twitter and Facebook, actually, for both our guests. So I'm going to ask you guys one each. Uh, Brent, this one came in for you from Wes Turner on Twitter. It says, how do you view your role as a leader of other entrepreneurs in New Orleans? And Mignon, yours is from Jambalaya Val, who wants to know, outside of New Orleans, what's your best-selling item, and why do you think it's popular outside of New Orleans? Yeah. You st- uh, Brent, you want to start? Let's see, because you yeah. actually, you know, you're kind of one of the seasoned entrepreneurs in this town. Now. Yeah, I mean, it, it's humbling uh, to, to have you say that. And it, it's humbling for, for Wes to even ask the question. You know, certainly I, I feel surrounded by so many talented entrepreneurs. And I don't, I don't always consider myself necessarily leading <coughs> them as much as we're all leading together. And they inspire me, certainly, to be the best entrepreneur that I can be. And when I look at at my role as a leader in the city, as it relates to entrepreneurship, I really think of the young up and coming entrepreneurs. I don't have a, a degree in, in business. In fact, I was a college dropout. So um, my mentor, Rick Hennessy, is a wildly successful entrepreneur, sold numerous companies, his last for 112 million. He invented caller ID for cell phones. I mean, the guy oh. is brilliant. He made me who I am. It was because he gave me his time. He shared with me lessons he had learned and just getting his rear end kicked up and down the entrepreneurial street. It was because of what he offered me uh, in growing my own entrepreneurial spirit and know-how. And I feel an obligation when I come across young entrepreneurs who need help to give back and to share in that wisdom and that knowledge. And, you know, if it's Tulane asking me to teach their, you know, uh, MBA students, which cracks me up because I'm like, I dropped out of college when I was a junior, you know, I had no college debt. That's my advice to you. Uh, you know, we're going and teaching the music business school, Loyola, or just working with the young startups down here to help them navigate, you know, sourcing financing opportunities, how to pitch to investors, developing marketing business plans, and just dealing with the constant stress of entrepreneurship. I just feel it's my obligation because somebody was generous enough to me. That is a pay it forward. That is a, yeah, that's, that's pretty terrific. Mignon, the, the question I, we had was actually in regard to outside of New Orleans, what, what, what sells best? Well, I think there's a, a collection I did very early. Um, it's called the Knot Collection. Oh, yeah. And what I did was, um, remember, I was a dress designer, and so I'm very tact, you know, aware of tactile qualities. And I made the models by wrapping strips of silk and tying them, like for a mm-hmm. ring or around your arm. And so I wanted to capture the tension of cloth when it's tied and pulled or wrapped and transferring it into precious metals. So the precious metals add qualities and borrow qualities from the original material. 
And I think that that's a consistent bestseller out of town. That is a, well, that's great. The, uh, you know, I, I know we're going to get some interesting uh, answers on this next part, but this is our lunch money uh, section of the show, and lunch money is our out-to-lunch stock portfolio, and I guess as a, as a bit of background in here, the stock market has been doing very well. We look at who's been, different guests, what they've been recommending, and they've all been doing quite well, because the market is at your back, and what they always say, don't conf confuse brains with a bull market, but uh, it's, uh, uh, it's been like shooting fish in a barrel, but, which is a really odd expression when you think, first of all, it's incredibly mean, the idea of shooting fish in a barrel, and, uh, and also the barrel would get holes and there'd be some problems there, but, but we're, uh, we're building a portfolio of stocks chosen each week by our guests on the show. Uh, Mignon, uh, Brent, you get to pick a stock each and add it to our portfolio. Uh, Mignon, which one are you gonna start with? Well, the stock that I'm most interested in is the commodity stock. And we invest in iShares Silver Trust. Oh, so this is a, uh, a bet on silver prices, is that? Well, that's my life. Yes, it is. It makes sense <laughs> that you would, it would be odd if you had a so company made fire trucks hedged, or something. Um, in terms of pricing a collection because I didn't want to change prices. Oh, so you, this often. is not only, uh, this, is, this is very interesting because this isn't just a business, it's a hedge against higher silver prices for you. Yes. Wow. And the metal markets has gone crazy for the last two years. Silver was way under $20 and now it's almost $40. So it's made that with the low economy and the high cost of materials has not been a good combination for my business. But we are surviving. Uh, people are slow to adjusting to higher prices. They don't like it, and I don't blame them. But <clears throat> we can't give it away. And if you're uh, our, uh, my age, when you think of silver, you always think of back, was it, was it 1980 when Bunker Hunt? Uh, oh, the Hunt brothers. Yes, they captured the silver market. And they captured, well, they captured the gold market, too. Yes. And gold went up to $600 when it had been 35 when right. I started. Actually, when I started making jewelry, sil silver was a little less than $2 an ounce. And now it's about $36 an ounce. Wow. Wouldn't it be so, funny if a year later we came back and you had actually captured the silver market? There was, uh, there's, <laughs> and we heard it on this show. The, uh, Brent, I what's, should do that. <laughs> yeah, work, work on that on part. That us, <laughs> Brent, what stock do you have for us? You know, I guess the one that I thought was, was worthy of mention, although I wouldn't necessarily advise anybody to buy it today, but it, it's in an interesting place, is um, Pandora. They went public a little over maybe a year and a half ago. And their now, service, for those that don't know, this is that music service? Yeah, uh, it's a music streaming and discovery service. I mean, it's essentially a version of internet radio. They deployed a really powerful technology. The guy, you know, invented the concept of the music genome, Tim Westergren. He really has you know, busted his tail for nearly a decade building this company. He brought it public. Uh, and I think consumers love the service. He's done a great job. He's got it integrated into all these uh, stereos that are coming off the line with you know, Toyota manufacturers and all the rest. The high point of it about a year ago was at $20 a share. It's now down to, I think as of yesterday, about $9.11. And Tim is the CEO and founder of the company. Now that they're public, he is spending a lot of money lobbying Congress for this Internet Radio Fairness Act. He pays, uh, you know, s satellite radios like Cirrus, uh, they, they spend about 10% of top line in royalties. And Pandora spends more than double that. Whereas terrestrial radio spends no money in royalties. So obviously he's lobbying con Congress to level the playing field. 
to the degree that he's successful, uh, you know, sometime after the next election, because, you know, he's certainly lobbying hard, uh, you might watch this stock pop a little bit. Uh, just uh, yesterday, Sony announced the streaming service through their Xbox uh, video game console. So there are more players coming online. But I think Pandora has built great brand recognition. And because their product is integrated into these cars that are coming off the manufacturer's line, if the, if the stars align for him as it relates to legislation and you know, Internet Radio Fairness Act, as it's called, I think Pandora might wind up doing something really uh, unique and powerful for its investors. But that doesn't mean he's made all the friends in the world in, in, in his approach. Uh, but I still think it's something that you should keep your eye on because it's, 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 it's uh, full of drama and intrigue, I'll say that. <laughs> well, that's what I like best in a stock. There's drama and intrigue. The uh, Mignon Faget, uh, Brent McCrossin, although anyone seeing the two of you walking down Magazine Street together might not immediately see your similarities, you're both homegrown entrepreneurs heading up successful businesses that were born out of your vision, have been nurtured by your passion, and succeed because you're both creative artists and business people. It's been great having you both here. Uh, thank you so much for joining me on, on Out to Lunch. Thank you, Peter. Yeah, thank you for having us. Great to have you guys. The, uh, my guests on Out to Lunch have been Mignon Faget, jewelry designer and founder of Mignon Faget Galleries, and Brent McCrossin, the co-founder and CEO of Audio Socket. To find a Mignon Faget gallery or a store near you that carries Mignon Faget and learn more about Brent and the Audio Socket music revolution, follow the links on our sites, which is itsneworleans.com and wwno.org. Our show is recorded live over lunch at Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Commander's Palace serves lunch Monday to Friday, jazz brunch on Saturday and Sunday with live music and dinner seven nights a week. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our web designer and digital guru is Dr. Cliff Brigden. Jennifer Smith is our researcher. Mitch Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can keep up with our continuing adventures in Crescent City Commerce by liking It's New Orleans on Facebook, and you can sign up for our mailing list at itsneworleans.com, and you can follow us on Twitter. We're at It's New Orleans. To listen to past shows or get this show as a podcast, go to wwno.org or itsneworleans.com. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting and WWNO for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. Until we meet around the table here at Commander's Palace, I'm Peter Rashidi. Thanks for joining me on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937. Now with more than 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. Online at joneswalker.com. Additional support for Out to Lunch from Fidelity Homestead Savings Bank and Resource Management, Inc.